Get the full bonfire experience on your screen. YouTube.com slash bonfire sports. Thumbs up, subscribe. You'll know when we're live. Enjoy the games. Easily, easily my favorite week on the regular season calendar. It's the Banjo Bowl live from IG Field this weekend. Welcome inside Bonfire Midweek. Darren Bombing to my virtual right. Zach Schnitzer, the Schnitz, as I like, I like to that. call him. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us. A uh, couple minutes late to the live stream on our new night, Wednesdays, the rest of the way. Uh, and looking forward to that, a true midweek for Bonfire Midweek. But Zach, first things first, how are you? How was your Labor Day in Manitoba? And uh, how's your week been? Are you excited for the Banjo Bowl? Oh, dude, I love, I love the Banjo Bowl, man. Last Banjo Bowl. You know, this is actually funny. Last Banjo Bowl is where it all started for the schnitz. I love the schnitz. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that. I like it. Uh, after the banjo ball, slightly inebriated, uh, I had taken my daughter and I, that's the, that's the night I started the podcast. So we come full circle now, buddy. Yeah. So after, after the banjo ball, I won't be doing some budget crappy, crappy <laughs> version of a podcast. I tried, um, I should actually repost that. I will repost that so people can listen to me. Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be doing the post game, but um, yeah, super yeah. excited. We've got a party the night before we're going to talk about at Finn McCool's at Grant Park. And, you know, so much to talk about with Labor so Day, much. my friend. Like, I, that's, why we were, that's why we were a couple minutes late going live oh because like, I've got a laundry list of, of topics <laughs> to get to here. I don't even know if we're going to have time to like do an around the league. Uh, uh, maybe I'll just yeah, drop that on everybody right now. Yeah. Ottawa won a football game on the road, 38-24 in Montreal. So the Alouettes hot streak yeah. ends uh, at the hands Who of are the Alouettes. Uh, yeah, of... of of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, of course, we'll get into the band or to the Labor Day Classic uh, a lot today. Toronto absolutely clobbers Ham Hamilton. I'll take it. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> Dude. Come on. You know Come what? On. Listen, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a, uh, not a whole free pass, but can I do half a free pass? I mean, Hamilton is last in the East yeah. at three and nine. Yeah. So listen, I don't know if people could have no. It's not like people were predicting at the beginning of the season they would be a tire fire like they are, right? Uh, but Evans has proven to be worse than we thought. He's kind of like a Jonathan Jennings. He's a flash in the pan guy. He's got the yips. He's, he's basically done there. Newman, 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 Newman couldn't do anything. Well, uh, was I do? was wrong about the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I put them in my one third of the season power rankings at number four behind Winnipeg, Calgary, BC. I was wrong. I will take the slings and arrows. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Hamilton half game back now of the Ottawa Red Blacks to uh, give you a gauge of 
where they are right now. Edmonton goes into Calgary. Calgary hangs on for a 26-18 win. Taylor Cornelius seems to be getting better and better uh, every week. Yeah. Um, but Jake Mayer, like th- this guy is the future of uh, the Calgary Stampeders. What did I tell you? Bo's done there. Bo's yeah. done. Bo's done. He's going to be on the panel next year. I put it that. I I I put that at like uh, mm, one and a half. Yeah. Like honestly, the guy the guy's going to go out. He's going to go out the way he wants to go, where he has complete control. Sure. By the way, we don't want to go out on our own terms, right? Sure, we do. Sure, we do. Listen, ask Lisa Laflamme. Well, yeah, right, right. Brutal, brutal, Brutal. right? She's so good. She is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I digress. I'll take a shot. Okay, we are going to give this away today, too. Yes. Those are those. Andrew, Andrew, you're off the clock. You lost your chance. And unlike Craig Dickinson, there's actual real consequences on Bonfire Sports for not showing up. Uh, you don't get the mug. Now, we're going to talk more about that, my friend. But I was going to say something about Hamilton. Like, listen, this is a great organization. O is a good coach, Coach O, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I get why I get why you, why you said they were a good team. They've, they've got studs on defense. They, they, they picked the wrong guy. Obviously, with Dane Evans and Masoli, I think Tommy Condell needs to go. Maybe it's kind of a Jason mm-hmm. Moss situation. Someone on a podcast I was listening to said Orlando Steinauer's job is in jeopardy. That is absolute BS. I don't think so. Steinauer so. not to predict. Like you, you give someone a bad quarterback, then then you basically have a bad coach. Like bad quarterbacks lose coach, good coaches yep. jobs all the time. So. I just, I just, you know, I think that's that's an overreaction. They'll come back to the fold. So, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. Maybe they're going to go get Bo Levi Mitchell. Hmm. Yeah, next year. Next year. We we've all talked about right. Like you, you mentioned this, Darren. They're, Calgary's not getting rid of Bo Levi Mitchell this year. They're they're going for a championship. They need two quarterbacks, right? If maybe. no, this year, yeah. Absolutely. Next year, maybe, but I don't think I don't think Bo Levi Mitchell will go to a situation where he isn't ninety percent sure he's going to succeed. I think his ego is too big. Well, you you tell me you're not going to succeed in Hamilton with all that talent, good coaching. Either way, yeah, that was the week that was week thirteen in the Canadian Football League, and for my dollar, uh, the best game of the weekend was the barn burner at Mosaic. No pun intended. 2018, the Blue Bombers win. Uh, Cody Fajardo puts up 292 yards, but the Blue Bombers' defense stands real strong in the second half, only allowed four points following that 14-0 lead that Saskatchewan took early in the game. Uh, We're going to talk about the Bombers' health. Nick Dembski, Drew Wolitarski, Zach Kolaris, and Cody Fajardo, the Winnipeg defense. Of course, where did you go? Well, my, uh, you see this charger, it fell apart. It's charging my phone. We're going to get into Mark Leggio, right? Like the 55 yarder, the redemption kick of the year so far. Uh, the weave that eluded, uh, on the punt. Can I just say something though, Darren? Sorry. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Greg Dickinson, discipline, leadership, Duke Williams, uh, Garrett Marino. 
And the offensive pass interference challenge uh, when Shaq Evans was uh, going toe to toe there. Um, And and that was a weird one too, but lots of topics to get to. Where'd you want to go first? Well, Andrea Kohach has a really good question here. Actually, we should, we should pin that one. We'll get to it. Here we go. That's a good one. Can someone answer for me why Evan Holm was the punt returner for the Bombers? They didn't try to run out of the end zone when he caught the punt that gave the riders a point. He had room to run. After the game, Mike O'Shea, as clear as he will ever be in criticizing a player or, or an, a, a circumstance in the game, he was not, that, that was not by design. Nick Taylor the week before and letting the ball go over his head by design. That one was not. Um, the nuance of games, right? You, you know, Mike O'Shea always says it's how's the flow of the game? How's the feel? Uh, there is no scientific answer. You can be into the stats. You can be into old school, um, you know, uh, tendencies and and uh, old school kind of tactics in, in football. There is no science to it. So Mike O'Shea uh, didn't, you, you could tell he didn't like that one. But I don't think Evan Holm played bad. There was a lot of people criticizing him. No, I, I don't think he played bad at all. Actually, he had a couple of good returns and he didn't put the ball on the turf. Ran and this guy hasn't ahead, been here very long. Didn't lose He's yards. Like yeah, he's been cut a few times. Yeah, and um, he dropped a punt in the preseason game in Edmonton. Everyone wanted his head. He right. he, he righted the ship. No, I just wanted to. Uh, we talked <laughs> post game about betting heavy on Toronto versus Hamilton with sia.com slash bonfire. Yeah. Great website. I'm putting a plug for them. And I said, folks, bet the house if Jamie. Everyone said on the chat, you guys, uh, breaking news: Jamie Newman was starting. I had already bet seventy bucks, so I so I, I made a nice seventy jump. bucks. Hi, but I should have uh, I should have bet the house. So I'm wondering, people on the chat, if you're on SIA, did anyone make any money? Because you should have, because it was basically a pick 'em with mm-hmm. with a rookie quarterback starting for Hamilton. Yeah, I hope I hope somebody made money. That would make me happy. Yeah. Well, no I question. Do, I do also want to say, Darren. Yeah. Um, you know, I think what's What's bigger than all of this is the 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 uh, just tragedy in Saskatchewan uh, with these stabbings. I think more than ten people were killed. They've caught the two guys now. It was on uh, James Smith Green Nation in Weldon, Saskatchewan, and I just think, you know, our One hearts go out. Ceased, and then and then they found the, the yeah. second individual today. Um, it's just uh, it's heart wrenching. It's bigger than football, and uh, you know that. Just, just an awful, awful, awful story. So no, no, no question. And and well, while it it definitely took a toll on on that Saskatchewan community and and many individuals and families within that, uh, I'm glad it didn't uh, affect people visiting the province because yeah. there were thousands uh, visiting for the Labor Day Classic. But uh, yeah, you know, our our, our thoughts uh, and and best wishes to everybody. Uh, out uh, in Saskatchewan and, and anybody affected by, you know, th- those types of tragedies. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things that, you know, uh, it happens and you, you really have to start asking questions why, um, yeah. but we will digress. I won't take a shot for that one um, no. for, for that, but uh, really a laundry list of uh topics to get to um maybe we'll start with mark legio because uh some people were already in the live chat saying legio for mayor what a 180 (laughs) the perspective on mark legio has taken uh going from missing two short 
distance field goals to win a game, to tie a game in overtime uh, to where he is now. And, and full credit to Mark Leggio. We, we've said this on the show before. He always stands up in front of the media and in front of reporters and, uh, you know, uh, faces the music and faces the questions. And after the game, he brought up the Montreal game. Yep. And he brought up his teammates both at that time and then before he kicked that 55-yarder. Guys are saying, like, I know you're going to make it. Go yeah. go kick it. Go, yeah. go kick this. They've seen him do it in practice over and over again. Uh, but he did it with pressure. He did it with effectively the game on the line at that point. Of course, an interception on defense uh, definitely helped that cause um and 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 help them win the game uh but he did it on the road in maybe the most hostile environment the blue bombers could imagine i don't know maybe calgary but definitely saskatchewan in that conversation uh full credit to mark leggio he's been punting very well now he's kicking well if you objectively like landed on planet earth right now and looked at the numbers for Mark Leggio this year, you'd be like, Oh yeah, he's missed a couple, but his numbers overall are very strong this season. Um, you know, the, the, the faith Mike O'Shea and the Winnipeg blue bombers had in Mark Leggio, it, it appears to be paying off. Well, and it, you now, I think Darren are unimpeachable when you say, I trust Mike O'Shea. I trust the Canadian mafia. I trust, uh, Ted Gavaya, Danny McManus, the scouts, because people may question some of their decisions. They might, you know, there's still people that say, oh, Mike O'Shea's too loyal. There were people calling for Leggio's head. And this is just another example of trusting the Canadian mafia. They know what they're doing. You can't, like, it's, I can't, I can't believe people still are questioning these guys. Like, look at Mark Leggio. It's a perfect example. Yeah. The guy loses a game. He's got the goat horns. He struggled last year and lost his job. And O'Shea sticks with him. And look what he does. And what was more impressive? Yes. That 55-yard field goal. The guy's never hit above 50 in the CFL. On the, like you said, the most pressure-packed, regular season situation you could possibly imagine on I think the he road. Has hit, he has he's hit, hit a 50. 50. Yeah. He's hit a 50, but never this above is the 50. longest uh, to answer Sandy's question in the live chat right now. Longest field goal ever after wearing the goat horns. What's more impressive hitting that on the road in labor day. People are booing the heck out of him as he's lining up for the kick. I couldn't believe they were going for that kick, but apparently he was hitting 60 yarders. Uh, in warm-up yeah good morning Zed from thailand and i i asked mike o'shea uh at walkthrough the day before the game at mosaic um about the wind conditions at most uh, you know in that stadium because they are unique you know that that toilet bowl yeah. of course right you got you got the bowl to it uh and then you got these gaps where wind can come in it is a sunken bowl it's below the the surface uh, of the you know the the street level or whatever you want to call it similar to ig field but that wind can do weird things and when it's hot summer late august early september uh you can get serious gusts of wind with those you know bits of cold front uh cold air uh and the hot muggy air in there but uh it, it seemed to be manageable for mark leggio and 
What was more impressive? What were you more impressed by out there? Hit up the live chat right now. Mark Leggio's 55-yarder or the weave that allowed him to get a 49-yard punt off uh, on a play that could have easily been catastrophe. Saskatchewan could have taken that that moment uh, and and built on that momentum, built on their lead. I think it was... 17-7 at that point. Yeah, right? Like it could have been... 23 7 24 7 uh if you know they blocked that and were able to get a touchdown or even 20 to 7 uh with a field goal so hit up the live chat right now what what you were more impressed with how about you zach well it's hard to say right the the one thing that 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 i was looking at was how often these things happen so how often does a guy hit a 55 yarder on the road uh it it happens more than someone eludes a free rusher on a punt. Like I honestly have never seen that before. And if I've seen it, I've forgotten. And, and and if I've forgotten, it's because the guy didn't get off a freaking 49 yard punt. I mean, that's a good punt, even if he isn't running away from somebody. And that would have been the, I think that may have been the game, Darren, because then if you're down, 23 to seven on the road in Labor Day, you've basically got to abandon the run, which is really not the Bombers MO. It's, it's Saskatchewan's MO. It is. <laughs> That's right. We're going to talk about that. But, but he, his athleticism there was just like, it was a very subtle joke. I call it, ba- I called it balletic, which gave a thumbs up from, uh, Great word. Got, got a thumbs up from someone even I, questioned politically. Was that a word? And I'm like, yeah, damn I searched right it. it is. It's, I'm like, this is a word. It's like if you pulled out dynastic in the past, like a uh, dynasty. I got some words. Now you got balletically. Uh, David loves it. Buddy David, 128, shout out. I, I, I honestly, I can't decide because he just, you know, if, if, if it's Rene Paredes or Sean White hitting a 55, I'm like, okay. It, it's it's the weave, but because it was Legio and the game was on the line, I don't know. It's it just that fifty-five yarder sticks out to me, Darren, as as something like he's never done. He's wearing the goat horns. There wasn't even much of a win by that point, and my God, like and a Jeff Hamilton's article. By the way, folks, you gotta you gotta read Jeff's stuff in the free press. It's great stuff, and I always read it. And he, he he had a point there where Legio had self-talk in his head. He was saying in his head, I know what I'm doing. Just smash the ball. And he knew as soon as he hit it off the foot, it was going in. And yeah. and it cleared it by like three, four yards, right? Unbelievable. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's the I think it's the kick, Darren, but I, I I'm not I'm not totally decided. I think the 55 yarder is what we will remember and what fans and and people will remember a year from now. But I think the weave was more impressive. Uh, John Elliott, who's watching live on YouTube. What's going on, John? Thanks for joining us. TSN turning point. The bonfire burning point was the weave. Uh, Yeah. A scoop and score the other way could have been a very, very different football game uh, at that point. Um, Let's move on from Mark Leggio. Uh, we're going to talk about the Blue Bombers' health. Uh, Tiadric Hansen, who left the game, a couple of the other guys that are, are working to get back uh, into the lineup. Uh, let's talk about the Blue Bombers' offense and a deep threat that we talked about here on the show and on our pregame and our postgame months ago. Do the Blue Bombers have a deep threat? 
And there he is. Guy who's been on this roster for a long, long time. A guy born and raised right yeah. here Oak in Park. Winnipeg. Nick Dembski with a huge touchdown. Yeah. Beautiful ball from Zach Kolaris oh. to drop it where only he could get it. Excellent play call from uh, Buck Pierce in taking Nick Dembski from one side of the field, running him a deep cross field corner route against the strong side linebacker. Somebody, Zach Kolaris, on Saturday before the game, described as special, unprompted. Nobody asked him about it. He said Moncrief is special uh, and because he kind of can play everywhere, but he is a bigger guy. He can cover. But to send him far side of the field, essentially Dembski running like a go route, but to the corner on the other side of the field, it was a long developing play. Credit to the offensive line. They, they protected Zach Kolaris well against a, a very good defensive front as we know maybe the best in the league in the saskatchewan rough riders with or without uh that number 92 guy and uh putting it where only nick Demsky could get it absolute dime to get the bombers their first score of the game got the wheels rolling uh and uh helped kind of temper that momentum that saskatchewan had early yeah, they, they were up 14 nothing. That was absolutely massive for momentum, right? It, it just took the wind out of the sails of the riders. And and from there, they would only score four more points, Yeah, right? And the, the other thing is Dembski, I mean, you don't think of him as a deep threat. I think it's in part because he can do everything. You've called him the, the Canadian army knife. Yeah. So you don't necessarily think, oh, he's a deep threat. But he, he's a deep threat just because he can run and, and do the sweep and catch things over the middle doesn't mean he isn't a deep threat. It just means that he can do everything really freaking well. And he very nearly had a 70-yard touchdown in the second half, Darren. Mm-hmm. If only for uh, Milligan, the DB, making an all-world play, by the way. That was one of the plays of the game, I thought. And Milligan in the postgame said he baited Caleros into throwing it because he he was off coverage. He appeared off coverage, and then he was able to turn his hips and run back and just get the ball out. Dembski said in the post game, "I thought I was sure I had that one." So, yeah. but but the but the point is, is he was in position, and if not for an incredible play by a DB, he has 120 yards and two touchdowns in two plays, right? Yeah. Like unbelievable just- by Nick Dembski. Yeah, he finishes five catches on six targets, 79 yards, that 50-yard touchdown, three second-down conversions for Dembski, let alone, you know, three times he carried the ball for 17 yards. So he's averaging almost six yards per carry as that, you know, gadget tailback, jet sweep guy. Um, But mention the three second-down conversions. Can we yeah. talk about the man we could call Mr. Second Down, Mr. Broken Play, Mr. Fourth Quarter, Drew Wolitarski. Uh, four catches, everything thrown his way, he caught 56 yards, yeah. uh, including along a 24. Um, and four times he converted second down to move the chains. He's just all reliable. Yep. It's very, very uh, comforting, I'm sure, for Buck Pierce and maybe in particular Zach Kolaris to have Drew Wolitarski on that wide side of the field, that traditional Canadian receiver spot. And when you need him, when you really, really need him, Drew Wolitarski is there. Uh, gave him one of my game balls uh, on the postgame show. He's having a heck of a season. It all kind of really started 
in the Grey Cup last year, right? Yeah, he had a great Grey Cup. I think he had over 60 yards or something. And, you know, we talk about the, I don't think the hash marks have changed things that much, Darren. We talked about this beginning of the season, right? Is there going to be more action on the field side? And I don't think there has been. I haven't run the numbers or anything. But when you have a guy on the wide side who they don't usually throw to, the guys who usually are a hidden Canadian, let's be honest, Darren, they hide, they hide a Canadian receiver there for the ratio. When he is a stud, you have such an advantage. Yeah. And the Bombers are so good on second down. I think they have the best second down conversion rate in the CFL. And the Riders have the worst. And you could see that in that game. Yeah. When Saskatchewan abandoned the run and they, they were second and long, especially with their porous O-line. I don't even know if porous is being friendly. Swiss cheese is more like it. And, you know, they don't have that possession receiver. Uh, and to be fair, Fajardo isn't as accurate. But to have Wolitarski is just, it's a game changer, man. Like he is the definition of a possession receiver. He also can get the long ones. You remember that one earlier in the season where he snatched it out of thin air, 40, 45 yards, right? Laying so out, yeah. When you have a field side receiver like that, who's yeah. Canadian, it, it's, I mean, it's unbelievable. And and he's well, a great guy. And uh, At you this know, point, the Bombers don't even need to dress a Canadian there. They have nine Canadian starters. Uh, you know, in, in the Riders press box, I hear you know, uh, Regina media and Saskatchewan media talking about like, well, they don't even need a Canadian tailback. No, they don't. They, they don't know. need a Canadian safety, but they choose to keep Nick Hallett there right now as the third stringer in for Brandon Alexander and Malcolm Thompson. Uh, they don't need Drew Latarski out there. They could put Tavares Harrison. They are a little bit thinner at receiver, but Drew Latarski, I don't care what his passport is. He is showing that he is not just a good CFL player that he is beyond that and makes impacts in games, uh, especially the broken plays. Uh, yeah. that, that's what I was really, uh, yeah. I've been really impressed with, with Drew Wolitarski. Um, yeah, no, I wanted to mention sure. the second down conversions. Saskatchewan was seven of 20 for 35% on second down Winnipeg, 10 of 20. They were 50%. That doesn't sound like a big difference, but it really is. That 15% is the difference between being able to flip the field uh, and, and, you know, maybe being stuck uh, more in your own end and having to, to punt it away um, and field positions, everything. If, if you didn't learn that from watching the Bombers on Labor Day, uh, you, you learned it in the game against Montreal. You learned it in the game against Calgary here in Winnipeg a couple weeks ago. Um, that, that's everything in the CFL, the singles. Do you want to talk about the singles? Woo. Uh, which singles? Are we, are we talking about at the Palomino Club? Or are we <laughs> the, the punt singles? There were right. well listen, I actually whether Holm made a mistake or not, in hindsight, it was a great decision because he would have only been at the 15-yard line had he caught that. I think I don't think he had much uh room there, Darren. Mm -hmm. You get to you get at the 40. That's a big difference. And it is a game of field position. You know, at the end of the day, these teams are all very competitive and close to each other. You get it at the 40, you're a couple first downs away from from kicking a field goal in a close game. So that there was that single. 
Then there was the, the the one in the first half, right? Like Saskatchewan had a punt single to make it eight seven. Right. That they the just one pounded you mean? that through, right? Yeah. The Vedvik, like you're thinking you're watching John Ryan, right? Like I thought they got rid of that problem, but apparently not. Vedvik just smashes it. <laughs> Tao Zen says, ooh, Sask singles. Well, we'll see. We'll see Friday night. Craft singles. Yes. We will see the invasion begins uh, this coming weekend. Darren, people were asking about injuries. So so it yeah. looks like, according to your report, uh, Theatric Hansen has a torn Achilles, eh? Well, I don't know if it's torn. It's just an Achilles injury. Yeah, we we do have we have no specifics uh, yeah. on Theodric Hansen. I, I will say this: it's interesting that he's on the injury report today. It's interesting. Maybe it's a strain. Maybe it's a pull. Something like that. Because players that go on to the six game, like if they suffer something serious, like say Michael Couture, who looks like he he could come back uh, for the Banjo Bowl and start at center. Um, if you go on the six game. You're on the six, and and they don't announce your injury. That's what I find interesting about Cedric right. Hansen. So I'm not believing anything or coming to any conclusions until uh, that depth chart and roster comes out on Friday ahead of the Saturday Banjo Bowl at IG Field. Fair. That's um, interesting. Just pulling point. up the, the Bombers injury report uh, right now, and it is a short report. Now there are still a lot of guys on the six game injured list, but Hanson with the Achilles, he did not practice. Uh, either did linebacker Malik Clements uh, has a quadriceps injury. Mike Miller has so often been a non-participant in practice week after week. He always plays in the game. So I don't think there's too it's much. Like, it's like there. the genius in your class, right? In high school, never studies. Right. They still get an A plus and you're like, ah, oh, screw that guy. No, no, it, <laughs> he doesn't need to practice. Briggs, it's, it, you know, in, in yeah. the past. Uh, Briggs is not missed. Briggs must be like the healthiest of his entire career. I say this in jest, of course, in cheek, but he's been practicing all the time this year. That has not always been the case uh, through his many years here in Winnipeg. Well, and Uh, Fritchie asking about Ellingson, eh? So he's he still isn't practicing. No, and you're expecting Alexander to be to not quite be ready for the banjo bowl, hey? I don't see any reason to rush him. Like, why rush him? What's the point? You're facing a team that's under 500. Yeah. Winnipeg is 11 and one. Yeah. Why rush? Like I understand fans want to see no, Brandon dying Alexander. for him, right? He's a fan. Totally. He's and, and rightfully so. He is a phenomenal football player, a leader, everything. Um, people love seeing him light up a receiver coming across the middle. Oh, yeah. Um, but why rush him? I agree. Would you There's rather no have Brandon to... Alexander for say a West final and a gray cup, or would you rather have him for three games in September? Yeah. No, well, well, uh, here's here's a question, though, is do you see Malcolm Thompson coming in for Nick Hallett? I was I I, I wouldn't say I was blown away, but I was a little bit surprised he was on the roster and he didn't start. Um, Maybe he's still battling through some things. Uh, Safety and being a Canadian uh, for the ratio, all that's like I know the Bombers start more Canadians than they need to, in particular in Saskatchewan, two more than they mm-hmm. need to, but having a Canadian DB like Malcolm Thompson to, to go in in a pinch, maybe he wasn't quite 100%. Uh, so they gave the bulk of the work to Nick Hallett and hat tip to Nick Hallett. That tip ball late in the game, it's his first career interception. Um, yeah, buddy, that I'm was sure great. That felt good. I don't think he's played his best football uh, no. as of as of late, but uh, Winnipeg is is they're they're you know building up the levy enough that. Uh, 
You know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Well, I don't know if that's totally the case uh, in 12 on 12 football, because uh, if you have a bit of a weakness, you can make up for it in other areas. Um, Janarian Grant, non-participant once again today, groin issue. Uh, anytime it's those soft tissue injuries, um, you know, they can take some time. I get the, like, I know Greg Ellingson was listed as a foot. Uh, mm. he's no longer on, uh, the injury report. So on the six game, um, but you know, it, it's probably, it's probably something nagging him and, and they mm -hmm. just don't want it to be aggravated or re aggravated. If it's the same thing that kept him out of a handful. Of well, games. and as you said, Darren, like why rush Ellingson? Why rush him now? They're 11 and one. They're going to, they're going to wrap up the West in the next few games. I imagine, uh, get him ready for, for the playoffs. Now, Couture is an interesting one. I expect he starts the Banjo Bowl, hey? Or what are you thinking? I I, I would presume. Yeah. But again, you don't know. Uh, upgrade, sure. You know, he's, yeah. he's your CFLPA All-Star starting Absolutely. center. Um, and it's a broken arm. You know, he, he'd been practicing in kind of like a, a pseudo cast, more like a plate across the arm just to kind of protect it a little bit. Um, but, you know, again... Do they need to? If he's ready, he'll go. Yeah. It, it's not like he's coming back from, you know, like in Brandon Alexander's case, uh, a knee surgery. Right. You know, it's a broken arm. If he feels strong and comfortable and, and ready, play him. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Speculatively, I would give him a 75% chance of, of starting on Saturday. See, there's a guy I'd want back for the Banjo Bowl. I think Colin Kowski, he, he caused a couple penalties holding... I'm. I, I think he played great in spot duty, Darren. Um, but it's an upgrade, and when you need to run the ball, I think it's nice to have Couture there. And what I'm interested in seeing is like you. You've seen Brady Oliveira's game improve, and that's without the starting center. So you put the starting center back in there, and you talked about a few shows ago how important that starting center is for the run game. You know they're calling the formation, they're calling the play they are the anchor of the O-line. So when it's a veteran like Couture and a CFLPA all-star, yeah. I, you know, and if you can run the ball on the riders a little bit more successfully than we did in the Labor Day, I mean, that just, that just ups your game and opens up that playbook. And I, and I think then you, you really put yourself in a good position to, to really blow away the riders. Yeah, so. com completely agree. So to, to recap, uh, Still on, the, well, I'll, I'll mention waiters asking when Brandon Alexander comes back, should he play corner or halfback? I think he should go right to safety. That's just my feel. I know, you know, Jamal Parker is filling in for Demario Houston, uh, who's on the six game injured list just as of a couple of weeks ago. Um, there are a lot of guys working their way back. I have not seen Carlton Agadosi at practice. Yeah. I was not at practice today, so he might have been there. Uh, but Agadosi, Brandon Alexander, Greg Ellingson, Noah Hallett uh, has been working with Brandon Alexander side-by-side side through all of this. Probably a similar timeline for return uh, on him as well with, with a knee issue. Demario Houston on the sixth game. Of course, we know Mercy Maston's season is likely done. Patrice Rene, the Canadian rookie corner out of the University of uh, North Carolina. Um, on the sixth game, Drew Richmond, uh, who's been there all year, probably a strong candidate to be the next in line to play tackle on the Blue Bombers offensive line. So next year, year after, we'll see. And then, of course, Kyrie Wilson on the sixth game, uh, as well. 
And Kyrie Wilson, you've mentioned, hey, that uh, I kind of don't want to believe it, but you don't see him coming back, eh? It's it's all speculation, right? It's very hard to get injury information. Of course it's, it is. It's, it's like it's like impossible. a vault. It, it's like a vault. It, yeah, it's nearly impossible to get injury information in Winnipeg. That's not always the totally. case uh, in the CFL and other markets. But uh, <laughs> speculatively, I I don't know. I it would take something. Yeah, you know. No, that's a but, huge loss. I mean, I mean, Rutledge for these guys well, too. Like, but... I just don't see Mike O'Shea as the type of guy saying, you know, like put your career on the line or put your ability to play long-term, your long-term ability to play or your long-term health on the line to get into a playoff game. You know, if the, if yeah. the Bombers... Fair enough, yep. You know, they're 11-1. and one. If they, you know, lock down, they've locked down a playoff spot. If they lock down first in the West and, and host that West final, they did it without them. You know? Yep. You you could have a lot more football ahead of you. I think that that's that's part of it. Interesting note here from uh, Transcona Polly. What's going on, Polly? Good to see you back as always. Uh, I don't care how good you are. You can't miss all season and then be expected to play in the playoffs at a high level. Absolutely valid point. But it's not about ensuring he's playing at a high level. It's ensuring that he is healthy enough to play. Uh, it's clearly been a very serious injury for Brandon Alexander. I know like science and, and the rest, it's all moved forward quite well, but um, the, the reality is uh, they just want to make sure he's good to go before they, they put him in there, um, you know, earlier than, than maybe. And needed. I would, ar- I would argue, I think you, if you're a vet like that and an all-star, I think you actually can come in and play at a high level. You saw it with Andrew Harris last year in the West final, the guy hadn't played in, in several weeks and he owned that game. So another reason, just, I don't want to belabor the point about the mafia, but another reason, you know, people were really questioning that decision to go for the younger guys in Augustine and Oliveira, Darren over Andrew Harris. And then you see Andrew Harris torch us in that Toronto game again. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's very hard for me to question their their strategy, their long-term planning. They are making great decisions. And again, who's leading the CFL in rushing? I know the Bombers lead the CFL in rush attempts, and it's a big part of their identity, but it's still Brady Oliveira. Brady Oliveira is leading the league in rushing. And... He made his average wasn't superb in the Labor Day Classic, Darren. Well, no, they, they were just pounding it in the middle, right? They pounded it. They stuck with the run, and it worked. And you saw the opposite happen for the Riders. God only knows why they stopped running the ball. Because Hickson, you talked about this on the post game. I mean, the guy, the guy is talented as heck. You lose him; he's so small. It's, and, it's, and he's he's hard to bring down. He's real elusive. Hard. He he's he's getting extra uh, yak yards after contact. Like he was playing a phenomenal game. Do you know how many times they ran him in the second half? Twice. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they ran him the second time is because they were on second and short. They were on second and short because he ran for eight yards on first down. The only other time they went to him was a screen that he had over twenty yards, but there was a holding call. Like what are you what are you thinking? 
And, but that's the difference between good coaching and bad coaching. You know, people don't like sort of Buck Pierce. Sometimes he just keeps running up the gut, but it works. It wears teams down. And then, then you can really fool them with the jet sweep with Dembski, which they did to seal the game and burn the clock at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, because everybody's expecting Oliver up the gut. Then you burn them with a, with the odd McRae off-tackle run for 20, 30 yards. But Saskatchewan went away from the run. And and I I don't know why, you know, the, the Piffles guys were talking about it. In fact, they called the name of their podcast, you know. <laughs> there was an F word in there. But, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. it, it, it's, it's inexcusable. And it, it speaks to another point we'll talk about. But uh, man, well, let, let, let's get it, let's get into that right now um, because you know it's it's almost quarter after eight. Uh, I got a fantasy football draft at eight thirty. Yeah, let's, I thought I was yeah. going to be picking priorities. Eh? During, well, no, I, I thought I was going to be picking during <laughs> the show. Like it was scheduled for seven thirty tonight, and I guess the the commish showed up, got home from work late, and wants to have dinner. Cool, works for me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I was going to be picking this like two quarterback, three flex player league, uh, just absolutely bonkers with like a half dozen. Uh, yeah, you, know, like you would have ended guys. up with Mitch Trubisky or something. No, I don't know. No, <laughs> no, that's not happening. Um, Craig Dickinson, the yeah. offensive pass interference challenge. Let's just be blunt and short about it. It was boneheaded. It made yeah. no sense. And his explanation after the game also made no sense but craig dickinson is the captain of the ship jeremy o'day is the general manager but it is craig dickinson who runs the football team he runs football ops on the on the ground duke williams takes a ridiculous boneheaded penalty as a guy in street clothes on the sideline that definitely hurt the Rough Riders' chances to win in the Labor Day Classic. And then Garrett Marino takes a bit of a, I'm not going to call it a cheap shot. I'm going to call it a greasy shot at Zach Kolaris after he pitches the ball away. Um, Anybody that says that Garrett Marino didn't know where the ball was or didn't believe uh, it was purposeful in, in what he was doing, you're wrong. You're absolutely absolutely wrong. wrong. Clear as day to me, clear as day. He did that unnecessarily. However, not a penalty happens often in football, but his reputation precedes him cut by the Saskatchewan rough riders, uh, yesterday on. And do you think that they did that unilaterally? Cause I don't, I bet you you they got a call from Randy Ambrosi. I think, I I think they did. Yeah. You think the CFL did it? I think the CFL stepped in and said, they can't can't officially Darren, but you saw that, you know, moments later, uh, Ambrose saying that, you know, I make the final decision on whether a guy can be signed back in basically, basically, you know, basically saying like, don't sign this guy. There's some precedent here that is being set by the CFL. You know, they've, they've, pulled players out of the league before like Jerome Messam, uh, you know, allegations. Johnny Manziel. Right. Yeah. 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 
Manzel was a bunch of different stuff and, and more accusations about domestic abuse and, yeah. and these sorts of things. But yeah, Jerome uh, Messam for sure. Yeah. Jerome Messam was voyeurism, right? Yeah. And, and filming uh, sexual conduct uh, without the other person's knowledge. Right. Um, and, and he had his contract voided. Um, this is on the field stuff for Garrett Marino. Yeah, he's an idiot on Twitter and, you know, inexplicably can't explain whether he reached out to uh, Jeremiah Masoli or not. And, and, you know, he's, he's clearly a bit of a meathead when it comes to speaking for himself and, and trying to argue his, uh, you know, his, his, his points or his stance, if, if he even has one. Uh, yeah. But he is a talented football player. He is a young man. And uh, it, it's all going to come down to whether somebody wants to give him another chance. The precedent is the Canadian Football League deciding or, or making it clear that it's it's they can choose to nullify a new contract or even an existing one in the case of, of Manziel and and more so Jerome Messam because Manziel had parameters in place. You need to do yeah. A, B, C, D, yeah. and then you can still remain in the league, and that didn't happen. Uh, but they can void contracts if deemed valid. I believe deemed valid is uh, the actual language mm. uh, in the CBA that the commissioner has that power to do. Uh, in the case of Garrett Marino, I'm not sure the CFL stepped in. I think, you know what, Zach, you may be right. You may be right. You're you're making me realize it now as I kind of speak to it. Because when it when the news came out, like at dinner time on Monday night, like right when the newspapers are are you know packing things away for the night and and sending things off to print, and the six o'clock news is already rolling with their story. It's it's tough to cover, right? Um, talk radio, you know, is, is pretty much wrapped up for the day with, with the drive. Mm, um, interesting point. Well, yeah, then, well, that's a, that's a normal PR move. That's a normal thing. Four o'clock, five o'clock on a Friday. They did it on a, a holiday Monday. Yeah. Um, but my initial take was why now? Like uh. what was it? And your point about it being potentially, you know, the, the Canadian football league putting pressure on Saskatchewan to move on is a valid one. Yeah. I wonder, you know, like there, there could be somebody who's healthy who wasn't in Saskatchewan. And, and now they, they have somebody who can step in and without too much of a drop off in in talent or in numbers or that sort of thing on the Saskatchewan defensive front. Um, but it, yeah, absolutely. It could be the Canadian football league. That's a great point by you, uh, Zach, because while it wasn't necessarily a dirty hit or an illegal hit, what he did to Zach Kolaris, I'm sure shook the bones of the CFL, of Zach Kolaris, uh, of the Blue Bombers, of a lot of teams that have to play the, against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this year, but maybe most most notably the Canadian Football League, because if, if Nathan Rourke is the first quarterback out for the season, or sorry, Jeremiah Masoli, mm -hmm. then Nathan Rourke, and then it's Zach Kolaris, can you imagine? Oh, that's, yeah, exactly, right. Like, those are the three best quarterbacks in the league right now. Maybe Jake Mayer in there. Yeah. But. No, it was it was the definition literally of unnecessary roughness. It was unnecessary. First of all, the ball was gone. It was a running play, clearly. And he hit him late. And Zach got rattled by it. Mm -hmm. And and that's a very good point from that perspective. From an entertainment perspective, you can't What's lose Zach Kolaris now. League without the three three of the four best quarterbacks. Right. And and, yeah. and and let me let me just say this. 
I actually hope Marino gets help. And the reason I say that is because his pattern of behavior, of continuing to play recklessly, to, to seemingly not care how other people feel, to lie, to say he's, uh, you know, apologized or tried to reach out and actually hasn't, and continues to try and injure people and then celebrate. I mean, this guy is mentally ill. I think he's he's possibly on the the that's, psychopathy scale. That that's I mean, possible. That is I'm possible. just saying as an armchair psychologist that I do have a background in mental health. These are all signs of someone having an antisocial personality. Like you, you are disorder. a trained therapist. Yes. You know sp- speak to your education. No, I, I mean, think that's important when, when people hear that. Intent to injure several times in a row doesn't matter about the consequences. He doesn't care. He is parading and hot-dogging it after he takes guys out. He's threatening them ahead of time, so it's premeditated. And then he, like, with with uh, Masoli, and then he goes and does it. The racism. The guy is not healthy in the mind. And I know everybody's pissed at him and thinks he's a POS and all this stuff, but these people, like, you know, a very small percentage of people are, like, psychopaths, um, uh, genetically you know good upbringing they're just psychopaths and kill people mostly you know this is upbringing this is really horrible and i'd love to know his story i i would like to know his story too um reporters have been dissuaded from speaking to garrett marino not because of they're trying to protect the player but because he is not a good speaker you know like uh no, I, I I get that, but it is what it is. Uh, if you're a, a reporter, you your time is valuable as much as the players and the coaches are. Um, I was told by media in Saskatchewan that they try to talk to Garrett Marino about growing up in California and surfing and you know going to school and and all the just can't get much out of him. You know, some athletes are like that. You know, some athletes are like that. Some athletes get better in time. I remember talking to Kenny Lawler, yeah, who came to the Blue Bombers on the practice roster and then the next year was on the practice roster and then made the roster for a couple of games. And then the next year, he's a superstar. And then the next yeah. year, he $300,000 contract and everybody knows who he is, right? When he was a practice roster guy, he was quiet. He was reserved. He kept to himself. We have to remember Garrett Marino has only been in the CF. I'm not making excuses for him right now. So don't clip this and say bombing's making excuses for Garrett Marino. Absolutely not. But the reality is he has been in the CFL for less than 20 games. He is effectively a rookie. It can take time for him to, uh, you know, get comfortable in dealing with the media. A lot of people aren't, you know, and and it's just that that's part of it. But, but to your assertion that it could be a mental health problem off the field stuff, uh, certainly could. We don't know. We don't know. On the field, I will play a devil's advocate here because it certainly could. However, as somebody who has been around the game of football since I was a child and works with uh, professionals and, you know, off-field football people and junior football and university football um, and, and boards and football Manitoba and the rest, football has part of it, like it's the most violent sport on earth. Right. And players say like a Garrett Marino or like so many others before him 
are taught to play the game and create violence. And sometimes that can be mistaught. Sometimes it can be misconstrued. Sometimes it can create very bad habits. Okay. Garrett Marino is a talented football player in a vacuum. He is Mm. a talented football player. And he may have gotten away with this type of play through his career because when you're an amateur and and going through the ranks of of high school, college, junior college, whatever, you're kind of moving around. So it's hard to say, well, this guy's dirty, get him out of the league when, you know, he plays two years here and two years there and, uh, you know, a a bunch of tryouts in the NFL or the CFL or whatever. Uh, the, The point I'm trying to make is he may have gotten away with this type of play on the field for most of his life. Sure. It's easier just to pass the buck, right? Just like, ah, give him the, you know, uh, he's someone else's problem now. Well, or you know what? He, he had six quarterback pressures and two sacks and a knockdown, you know, or whatever, like foot, like some football coaches may miscoach him or may have been less concerned with his personal development than with what he can do for me on Sunday. You know what I mean? So, uh, have we heard the last of Garrett Marino? I wonder. I think so. I don't think you're going to see him in the CFL again. I think uh, I think the head office will step in if anyone even tries to court him. Like I think I think about Chris Jones would be maybe a guy who would court someone like that. I just don't see him hap- uh, coming back to the CFL. He's he's dangerous. He's a repeat offender, Darren. I used to work in the jails. You know, I did forensic um, therapy. Like. This guy is a repeat offender. It's premeditated. He has doesn't seem to have any empathy. For all we know, as as I think Phyllis said, maybe or it was Lynn, he may have a concussion. You know, CTE. You know, like we don't know. But the point is, is that he's bad for the league in very like various ways. You can't have a guy like that in the league. Yeah. You just can't. And it, I guess, if if I may, it leads to the bigger issue. Why was this why was this allowed to go on for so long? Well, that's the big question and I think and that's what leads to the conversation about Craig Dickinson. Craig Dickinson let, let me I have lots of thoughts about Craig Dickinson because I've rewatched the game, I listened to his post game, I listened to the Sports Gauge post game, I listened to CKRM, the Green yeah. Zone, Piffles like I've read articles. I I went a deep dive on this. Craig Dickinson is like your rebound girlfriend, boyfriend, partner. You know, it's the Goldilocks. You know, this one's too hot. This one's too cold. This one's just right. They had Chris Jones, who who left them in a terrible situation. But he was like this badass Darth Vader guy. So who do they go to? They go to the opposite. Mr. Milk Toast. Mr. I want everybody to like me. Right? He's the <laughs> rebound. Oh, he seems attractive because he's so different than Chris Jones. He he wants everybody to like him. He 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 wants everybody to be his friend. He would never jump ship like that. He's a loyalty guy. Guess what? He's a bad leader. He is a bad leader of men, Darren. Mm-hmm. I say that unequivocally. I don't think he wakes up in the morning saying, I'm going to be a bad leader. It's just some people don't have it for various reasons. He doesn't have it. He doesn't command respect. He's he's a willow twisting in the wind. You know, his his 
His explanation that, that you were talking about for the OPI challenge, which, by the way, when Glenn Suter, who everybody accuses of being a Ryder homer, and I'm not sold on that. I, I like Glenn Suter. But if Glenn Suter says that's a bad challenge for Saskatchewan, yeah. then you shouldn't be challenging it. And his explanation it was a bad challenge. It, it was, was bad awful. Challenge. The guy's arms were extended. Like you never like when you get OPI is a rare call in the first place. Right. And when it's that obvious, not only did he lose the challenge, he loses his time out, which allows Winnipeg to burn the clock to eight seconds at the end of the game. He could have had a timeout there. Uh, yes, Corey May Suter was a homer on the McCray hit by Adam. That was that was just BS. It was obviously a headshot. But listen, he wants everyone to be happy. He wants to talk it out. Words do not mean anything. At just the, just to, I, I apologize for for cutting you off. Just to clarify on on waiters here because I I pulled this up. Derek Taylor said Dickinson challenged to show support for the yes. offense. That's what Craig Dickinson said. That's what uh, he said in his post game. Yeah. So DG you know how you yeah yeah, there. but you know how you know how you support the offense. You have the thirty thousand yard, the thirty thousand foot view, and your vision is. I'm going to do what it takes for this offense and defense and special teams to win. I'm not trying to win friends to show support. You think Shaq Evans feels supported by Craig Dickinson today or even gives two shits? Do you know who, do you know who respects their coach today, even though he said no to him? Is Zach Kolaris. Because Kolaris was begging for a pass interference call in the fourth quarter against Schoen. And O'Shea said... No. Do you think Zach Kolaris feels supported by Mike O'Shea? You're damn right he does. Because it was the right call. There was no pass interference. And they won the freaking game. Craig Dickinson just wants to be everybody's friend. And, and, and you know what he should do? And this is controversial. I know the guys at Piffles hate me for this. Cut Duke Williams. Cut him. That is how you show your locker room that you are serious about winning because the, the coach is the captain of the ship and the direction he's supposed to point the ship is to the port, the port that is called winning, winning mm -hmm. island. And sometimes you have to make hard decisions. They see Duke Williams as a leader on this team. I don't care if he has 480 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. This guy has eye-gouged Brandon Alexander. He spit on Sean Lemon. He threw a helmet. And then he basically almost, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a, uh, crazy to say he lost them the game there. And it took him out of field goal range in a two-point game. Yeah. Where he had no, and, and what does Craig Dickinson do? He's ruined it for everybody. I'm sure he feels bad about it. Are you a kindergarten teacher? It's like if my daughter on pizza day, you know, threw her pizza at her friend's face and they never were allowed to have pizza day again. It's like darning your socks without a needle. You're missing the point. Right. Right. That's not the, you, you, 
the consequence can't be everybody loses their privileges to sit on the sideline in street clothes. That's that meaningless. True. Yep. You address Duke Williams, who's a repeat offender. It never should have got here. He is an idiot. And he shouldn't be on the team. This guy would never be on the Bombers team. I don't care what stats he put up. He would not be on the team. And that's why the Bombers are winners. And that's why the Riders are losers. Clip that. Clip that and run it again. Uh, I'm generally on the same page as you. Uh, Just from a uh, tangible standpoint, like what is actually going to happen, I truly believe the Rough Riders will make those moves in the offseason. I think they will find a new coach. I think they will revamp the roster and try to reestablish culture in that room, in that organization. The shame for the CFL, for the riders, for Riders Nation, uh, is that it's a Greek up year for them. Yeah. And they're they're in some trouble. They're in some serious trouble. They're in big trouble. And and the fact that they haven't cut Duke, you know, their their discipline issues are are they were they were the worst penalized team before this game, Darren, and it lost them the game. Mm-hmm. It lost yeah. them the game. In the fourth quarter, uh, actually after they were up eleven nothing, I have notes on this. I won't go through all of it, but after they were up eleven nothing, uh they still got to fourteen. But you're in the Labor Day Classic at home and you're the team that's taking procedure calls? Two procedure calls, holding calls. Uh, they had uh, a legal block on the return calls. Oh. They, they had unnecessary roughness. They had Duke Williams on the sideline. They, they had every penalty you can imagine. And they are at home. These are all preventable penalties, Darren. What penalties the Bombers took? Offside, offside, offside. A couple holding calls, right? Holding calls happen when maybe you're beat by a guy, right? It's not because you're undisciplined necessarily. Offside on Labor Day, of course, there's going to be the Jeffs are going to be offside a couple times on Labor Day. The noise level, right? These are preventable things. This is the difference between winning and losing. And the person responsible for discipline is your head coach. And and Dickinson wants to please everybody. And when you please try to please everybody, you please nobody. And and our good friend, sign guy, who's an expert on leadership, gave us some great points. Maybe he can throw them in now about good leaders and bad leaders. But but good leaders aren't always wanting to be liked. They they are guided by a vision. And that means they say no. Just it's just a complete joke. They have to get rid of him. He, you, he. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Fields is right. By the way, as you rant, I'm filling out my fantasy roster. I've already got two picks in. Uh, this is a weird league with uh, like eight teams. So it's like boom, boom, boom. Pick, pick, pick. Uh, either way, great job, Zach. In 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 painting that entire picture for us. I was with you the whole way because I knew who I wanted. Uh, <laughs> what's going on at Finns this week? Friday night, this was being organized by our good buddy, Trevor Finch, a.k.a. Dirty Bird. And then the uh, the two 
I would say I'm fan ambassadors of of the Blue Bombers. Uh, Bomber Reaper, who was on CGOB this morning with Greg Mackling, <laughs> great interview, and his his partner and and wife, uh, partner in crime, Lisa Marie. Uh, they are organizing a pre banjo bull party. You just have to let. Lisa, no on Twitter. You can DM her at bomber underscore vixen. Party starts at 7:30 at Finn McCool's at Grant Park. A couple of uh doofuses are gonna be doing a live show, apparently. We'll after we'll one we of the logistics down, we gotta figure out what's going on here. Well, Trevor says we're gonna be plugged in hundred percent. Okay. For for Ethernet. Um, okay. so I think we'll do a live show. Maybe we'll do a couple giveaways. It'll be a great spot. Lots of Ryder fans, Bomber fans. This tradition started when our good buddy Frank Horsley from the UK came over for Banjo Bowl a few years ago. And mm-hmm. uh, the Reaper Vixen and Trevor did a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, a welcoming party, which was really nice. And and so they're doing it again. You know, we're, we're somewhat past COVID now. We could do these things. And I just think it's going to be a great way to kick off Banjo Bowl. So I encourage all of you to attend. We'll be there. You and I wearing our bonfire hats. You won't miss us. You you won't miss us. And uh, I think we'll start maybe the live show. I have to put my son to bed, but, uh, you know, 8.30 or something. But doors open at 7.30. I think it's going to be great. Again, if you're coming, just uh, give uh, Lisa uh, a heads up at Bomber underscore Vixen. DM her. And uh, it should be a ton and ton and ton of fun. You'll all your favorite fans will be there and be some uh, drinks and specials, I'm sure. And it'll be our first live show in front of a studio audience, right? So that's when the rubber hits yeah. the road. On the, we'll, we'll be under the lights, or at least I, you're, you're a veteran, buddy. But we'll be under the lights, so it should be awesome. I will do a quick update on our uh, fantasy. There's been a change, Darren. Yeah. In our fantasy leagues, the early season heater is so. And, I, and by the way, hey uh, Curtis Perkins, I saw you on here for the first time. Big fan of yours, buddy. I, I hope you're still listening. Uh, thanks for joining. So, in first, still in our pick'em is is Ryan Harris, uh, almost by 700 points now over C. Diddick and our good friend Cade uh, Bomber History. So he's he's still riding that one, but uh, listen, there's been a change in in uh, the leaderboard in our Bonfire Do or Die Fantasy League, and it is NJLAF705 who's now taken the lead by a mere 2.3 points over Ryan Harris. So they're wow. going neck and neck. It's uh, it's all good. There's going to be prizes for those people. So. Darren, I mean, you got to tell us who you're drafting, right? You Does anybody t- really care? They care because you've been silent as a monk. It's very unlike you. So they got to know who who's this guy it's, drafting. It's the Schnitz show with Silent DB. That, silent that's what DB, right? Hey, uh, I, I've got a pick coming up uh, in in one here, but who do I got? I took. Uh, this is a two quarterback starter league. So I took a quarterback early. I took Lamar okay. Jackson. I took Christian McCaffrey with my first pick. I took uh, Stefan Diggs uh, and Zeke Elliott uh, as the running back pool was getting kind of thin early, but Zeke uh, Elliott. Oh, there's a, I don't like Zeke Elliott. Now I got to figure out he's where to a go me guy. Here. And he's a Dallas Cowboy. Yes. 
Yes, Tomorrow night, right? Uh, NFL opening night. It's the most wonderful time of the year. More football than more can, football, uh, the better, you, right? What's Tom Brady been doing the past eleven days? You think he's been on uh, those one of those reality shows with the mask, uh, the masked? What is it called? The masked singer or something? Or or is he having issues at home? Who knows? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He could be having bone density issues. The guy's forty five. Darren, you're getting up there. It's going to be you soon. You better be drinking your milk, taking your calcium. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> the calcium is like down on the list. I I, I focused on some other supplements and and. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Tamara, a lot of people care about the NFL. You can love both. Okay, you can, you can love, oh, you both. love both. Football you is should. beautiful. NFL football is great, great football, is... great entertainment. It's like going to Vegas, right? Yeah. Um. Anyway, oh, he's on the real house husbands. <laughs> uh, maybe Giselle isn't happy with him. Anyway, sorry, Greg, are you a Cowboys fan? I just think, you know, it, it, speaking of the Cowboys, right? There's another team where if you really drill down, they're not actually focused on winning. Jerry Jones isn't focused on winning. He's focused on being Jerry Jones. It's all about Jerry Jones and he... He likes to make the big splash, spending big amount of money on mediocre players. He his face is in there way too much. People can say they're focused on winning, Darren, but mm -hmm. it's your behavior, right? Mike O'Shea, everything he says, does, thinks, sleeps, breathes is winning. It's all about everything he does is about winning. That is uh, Bill Belichick. Everything he does is about why. Winning. Why play if you don't want to win over everything else? It's a game. That's what games are for. But 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 people, there's there. Are, it's rare that you get a leader who has a strong enough vision and discipline and intelligence. Oh come on, Fritchie, get this. Is the Colts, Matt Ryan, Please. another new quarterback. Oh yeah, Matt Ryan. Yeah, right. He's the he'll be the Joe Flacco, the joke Flacco. Um, I'd love to see Matt Ryan get a Super Bowl, actually. Um, anyway, I think he's a good guy. But yeah. Michael, like it's rare to have a like people can say I'm all about winning. Michael Shea's first press conference, you were probably there. First thing he said is Do you know do you remember the first thing he said? Michael Shea? No. They asked him, what are your expectations for this year? This was 2014 in December when he was hired. Okay. He said the only, this is verbatim because I listened to it a bunch of times. The only reason you play is to win the Grey Cup. Right. And he said that when, when he was leading a tire fire of a roster. And he got yeah. applause. The media people broke into applause. Well, and I thought, wow. Like, because I think I was surprised by the O'Shea hire. He was a special teams coordinator, didn't have yeah. a lot of experience coaching. But Walters and Miller knew who they were getting. Well, yeah, I think Winnipeg wanted somebody who was like proven commodity was less important to them, right? It was about somebody who had strong values and intention in what they wanted to do. So in interviewing Mike O'Shea, I have no doubt he probably knocked them off their seats with 
the things he said and how he said them, right? He's a man of, of unbelievable conviction. Um, yeah. So no surprise there. No, no surprise there because, um, well, we, we've seen it happen here, right, over, over the last seven years. Um, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, I just, worked. it's that, working, that, right? And and Craig and this will be the last point on Craig Dickinson. And then I think we got to do our giveaway for for our good friends at uh, uh, TSV. But you know, Craig Dickinson can say he's all about winning, but when you don't discipline your players, you're not all about winning. In that moment, you're about being liked. Mm-hmm. Right? You can yep. say all you want. Words don't matter. It's what you do. And what you do reflects your values and your vision. <laughs> Sorry. That's like me saying, you know, I, I say yes to my, my daughter wanting ice cream for the fifth time in a day because I don't want her to have a tantrum. It's, it's, it's I'm ruling by, by I'm scared. You know, and Mike O'Shea isn't scared. He has complete self-confidence and he makes the right decisions. Sometimes people don't like him, I'm sure. I'm sure in that moment, Zach Kolaris wanted to rip his head off. He wants to stay on the field and lead a touchdown drive to win Labor Day. <laughs> right. But when cooler heads prevailed, right, when your adrenaline goes down after about 20 minutes, he's probably like, thank the freaking Lord Mike O'Shea wasn't listening to me. Yes, Rob Mahoney, sometimes I give in. I am afraid of my daughter's tantrums. <laughs> well, but again, I'm no Mike wow. O'Shea. <laughs> Oh, you okay. just ruined yourself. You just I, ruined yourself. Hey, if you have a daughter who 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 is very um I don't want to I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. My daughter is a very conventional dramatic young lady, right? Her friend isn't. You know, not all women are like this. Don't, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Her mother isn't. My daughter is just happens to like princesses, rainbows, unicorns and a lot of times she has fits. Sometimes they're um for her own advocation she likes to look at herself in the mirror as she's having a meltdown and primp her hair but like (laughs) there are times when she could scream so loud i don't want to wake up my son so i give her a freaking ice cream but anyway you're a weak tamara tamara to me i am tamara has met my daughter at the uh the cornhole at the great cup festival love tamara unsung hero yeah lynn gets what i'm saying okay let, let let's uh Let's give away that that uh, beautiful mug if you can tear your eyes away from your draft. I just took a receiver. Okay. <laughs> Who did you take? Antonio Brown talking about Duke William equivalent? Yeah. Yeah, I took Antonio <laughs> Brown. No, I, took, uh, I took Allen Robinson. He's got a good quarterback. Oh, there. he's a great. Um, yeah, Allen Robinson is very good for the – was he still with the Bears? No. I wouldn't take a Bears wide receiver. Are you kidding me? Well, he, he, he was – he poor guy was well, killed. He hasn't been with the Bears, but he's he's with, he's with the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, well, okay. So we've got this to give away. Zach, yeah. what's our code word? Should it be banjo? No, it, I, it's going to be Goldilocks because that is the metaphor oh. for Craig Dickinson. Chris Jones ruled by fear. He was he was mean, the authoritarian. He was too hot. Craig Dickinson is too cold. He doesn't he doesn't have it. And Mike O'Shea is Goldilocks. Mike like O'Shea is just Goldilocks? right. Okay. 
Goldilocks. Okay. This is what you want to do. Text the hotline 204-816-TIPS, 816-8477, code word Goldilocks, and then your name. We will not penalize you or disqualify you if you misspell it, but don't misspell your name. Uh, text Goldilocks to 204-816-TIPS, 204-816-8477. We will pick a winner for this mug and uh, we still have a winner to pick. Uh, I was out of town over the weekend, so I, I didn't get to it, but for the whiskey glasses from uh, yeah. TSV. So uh, check them out at the sports These are beauty glasses. Yeah. Um, we will have a winner for that from the last uh, show um, a week ago, but uh, we will see you Friday at three o'clock when Chris Walby and I bring you game day Winnipeg and our pregame coverage ahead of the Banjo Bowl Friday night at Finn's on Grant. That's Finn McCool's or Fion's for those that are phonetic. And uh, then, of course, post game, game day after dark, myself, the Schnitz, Zach Schnitzer. Uh, we will break it all down on Saturday evening following the Banjo Bowl. Yeah, baby. And don't forget the sports fault. You can get it at Fanatics and Amazon. And of course, the number one spot, the Bombers store with that beautiful TSV logo. And and I'm going to show up my mug again. Because, not not my face, my mug. I love this. Oh. Mug, man. Jeff Hamilton uh, comes in at the end. And Logan Benson is a new uh, poster here. Welcome to the show. I had never seen you before, but welcome. And uh, thank you to everybody. Listen, Banjo Bowl is just the best game you know outside of playoffs right yeah agreed, agreed. andre uh, agreed. I, schnitzel uh, you can call me schnitzel you can call me anything uh 128 row 11 i'll be there with my daughter and and her friend and and her friends and mom. lots of ice cream apparently lots of ice cream it's the only time of the year that she gets cotton candy we're going to try and get there early to get the bouncy castle and uh, we'll try and say hi to you tamara we're going to have a great time. I think the Bombers are going to just take them to the woodshed this time with the crowd noise. And uh, I'm expecting a fun game, man. And uh, listen, hey, thank you to all of you for tuning in, of course. And yes, thank you, Comet. Comet mentioning here, Jeff Hamilton's take on the state of riderdom was epic. Go yeah. check that out on our YouTube yeah. page or on your podcast app, Search Bonfire Sports, right now. It's the Labor Day Classic podcast series we did from the road. Uh, sounded pretty good, actually, for a in-the-car podcast. Uh, it was out, great. Yeah. Um, shout out uh, Ted Wyman and Jeff Hamilton for... Uh, jumping on uh, and and uh, we we had a lot of fun on on both of those podcasts before and after the game from parts unknown in eastern Saskatchewan. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're we're looking forward to a, a great week here. There's going to be lots of extra bonus coverage on the channel, so keep it locked. BonfireSports.ca, Bonfire Sports, or Bonfire Sports TV, either on uh, social media. You can find all that on BonfireSports.ca, and we will see you back here on Friday for the pregame and then Friday night. What you want to do? You want to sub up, ring the bell. And when you do that, you'll get an alert to know when we're live. So then it's easy as heck. Uh, And if you haven't yet, go to the video below here on YouTube, give a thumbs up, tell your friends 
about bonfire sports. Get them in on the action and how much fun it is. I, I know you guys have fun uh, joining the live chat uh, and all the shows. Final word to you. Uh, it's the Zach Schnitzer show, so it's all yours, buddy. <laughs> or as somebody said, the the Zach Schnitzel show, which is kind of making me hungry because who doesn't like schnitzel, I could eat. right? I could who eat. doesn't like schnitzel? Well, I think my final word is you, you, if you have to sub me off again, if I'm on vacation or something, you can't bring in Jeff Hamilton because the guy killed it last week. He can write and he's a good co-host Yeah, and people wanted me to stay on the chat. Eric, I heard that. I saw that earlier, but I had a ton of fun on the chat last week, folks. You guys are just so much fun and uh, I just love this community and, and I, and I really, really would love to meet all of you on Friday. If you can come or come see me at the game, I'm always wearing my bonfire hat and my number 48 Jersey. I would love to meet you, uh, DM me or or tweet at me uh, or slide up in those DMs. Slide up in those DMs. Yep, it uh, it's all about people, man. This is this is what it's uh, this is what it's all about. And I agree uh, with Sandy. No one can replace you, Zach. Uh, love doing this show with you. Looking you forward too, to the game. Uh, but uh, everybody knows. I, I think you all got it down here. Uh, bonfire midweek now Wednesdays at seven thirty. Yes. A true midweek show. I mean, this was up for debate. We talked about this. How can we call it midweek if it's Tuesday? Well, some people's weeks begin on Sunday. That's (laughs) look at at your calendar. The week begins on Sunday. So Tuesday is midweek, but Wednesday, yes, we'll we'll get to. Okay. uh, And my final word is this. Unlike the riders fans who maybe uh, don't have the uh, highest intelligence quotient. Whoa. Don't start booing when they get to the line. Winnipeg fans know better. Ryder fans, they let that uh, play clock roll down as as the Bombers were huddling on offense. And they were quiet as a church mouse. And only when they got to the line of scrimmage, Darren, did they start booing. They've already had to play, guys. You boo. Well, IG Field fans... You boo as soon as they huddle or before. As soon as that play clock starts going from 20 to 19, that's when you boo. (laughs) That's why we are the best fans of the CFL. Yeah, that's hard to argue. And don't do the freaking wave unless we're up by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. You don't do the wave till I do the Schnitz sprint, which is running up and down the stairs of 128 when the game's over and something exciting happens. You do not do the wave. And you never make noise when our team is on offense. You just won't have it. You just can't do that, guys. Come on. Okay, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at there. Darren's- I've got some picks to make here. I've been very distracted today. I feel very ashamed <laughs> that I'm not putting 100% into uh, you look. Week, you look but- very ashamed. You look very, very <laughs> ashamed, buddy. All right, everybody. We will see you uh, next time. Wednesday's moving forward, as we mentioned. Pre-game on Friday at 3. Live show from Finn McCool's on Grant. Come Friday on down! Post game after dark, getting steamy with the schnitz uh here on game day after dark <laughs> that sounds thanks so everybody <laughs> appreciate you good night everybody <laughs>
steamy with the schnitz. 